Hello, everybody, and welcome to Buzz. Be Emoticon, a crazy ex-girlfriend fan podcast. But do not call us crazy. I'm Mel. And I'm Tina. And today we are talking about episode, is it 10 or 11? We are on 11. Holy shit. We are talking about episode episode 11, and it's a big one. That text was not meant for Josh. Alternate title. So this is not about cheese. <laughs> so this is not about cheese. So just real quick, as always, um, please support us on iTunes by giving us nice ratings, leaving nice comments. Just listening to it, honestly, um, helps. <laughs> we are also on SoundCloud. And if you want to support us financially, we are on Patreon. Patreon.com slash ghostattack. Any money that we receive will go towards improving the equipment of the show. So audio issues can always be improved upon and etc. <laughs> Did you have any housekeeping you wanna you wanna hit up before we get going? Zero housekeeping items from me. Right. Except I really need someone to help me with these thirty to fifty feral hogs that have run into my yard. I cannot believe you brought up the feral hog meme. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> it is pretty great. It is so pretty great. So that'll mm. that'll date us. So <laughs> great, good. When, yeah, this, when, this, when this podcast comes out, like a month and a half from now, um. <laughs> <laughs> everyone can know the gap between recording and releasing. It is pretty great. So um, also, I think just because I mentioned it last time, I'll be consistent. If anyone wants to follow me on Twitter, it is at Melby's Rules. Feel free to follow me and join my at the moment forty five followers. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. You could be 46. Well, the episode, the last episode hasn't gone up yet, so I'm expecting, I'll probably, I don't know, I, I'm assuming I'm going to get like a little bit of a, of, of a effect on Twitter, but um, it hasn't happened yet, so we'll just, we'll just have to see. And if this is all a terrible idea, <laughs> I'll stop mentioning my Twitter, but. <laughs> nah, keep it going. No, I'm into it. Let's give Melby some positive impressions. I'm into it. I'm very funny, and I also have <laughs> thick skin, so let's. <laughs> Let's move on. The episode opens with one of our favorite side characters, Father Bra, who is helping Scott. God, I love Father Bra. Yes. Well, actually, I should. We we don't see it's him at first. We're getting a little ahead of ourselves. So we open up with Scott. Scott and Paula are sitting on the couch, and they are working on their marriage. They have. Well, you you would think that they're going to be at like a therapist or a marriage mm-hmm. counselor, but it turns out they're talking to Father Bra. I mean, he honestly has some good life advice. He really does, and they're not the first characters to go to him for it. So this is, we are now, um, you know, he's a member of the community, and characters feel comfortable going to him. And I do love the moment where um, he, you don't know what's going on. You just see this little basketball come from out of the shot and bean Scott, like, right in the face. (laughs) (laughs) And it was not on purpose. Father Bra missed his shot. So... He is advising for them to reconnect, to just set some time aside for themselves, to have dinner together, and to just be honest about what... Oh, because Paula is explaining that she doesn't want to rock the boat, she doesn't want to express what's making her unhappy because she feels like the situation is good enough and she doesn't want to, to upset her status quo. And Father Bra rightfully points out that, you know, if you don't talk about what's bothering you, it's only going to just keep eating away at you and it's going to get worse. Yeah. Like I said, actually good life advice. Thank you, Father Bra. (laughs) So um, we move to Rebecca's and Greg shows up at Rebecca's back door 
and is like, who I've been avoiding you, but Heather asked me to get something for her. Yeah. And also, I want to point out, like, what I, I, I just love to find little touching moments. Uh, she hung the fish up, and Greg noticed. Yeah, well, he's, he's, he, in general, is looking around the apartment. He's like, oh, you decorated. You hung the fish. Yeah, yeah, he's noticing little things, like, you know, it's Greg. But he's kind of, like, I feel like he's poking the bear a little bit in this scene, you know? Like, yeah. Rebecca is awkwardly like, oh, I'm glad you found a suitable mating partner. And Greg can't even fucking help himself. He asks, he's like, why do you care? And I'm like, why do you, Gregory? Yeah, it's, there's... Like, God damn it, Greg. The tension is definitely uh, palpable in this scene. And, well, I love that she, the reason why Greg is there is because Heather is borrowing a hard drive from Rebecca. And when Rebecca hands it over to him, she says to tell Heather not to look in the folder that says taxes, that if she's looking for porn, look in the porn folder. <laughs> it's in the porn folder. Yeah, and Greg just kind of, like, makes a face. And then she she just keeps going, and she's like, no, like, it's it's really good porn, too, with plot and stuff, which... Yeah, it's got plot and everything. Which, you know, let's be real, is the good porn, so... Yeah. We've had a whole conversation about this, you and I, on the podcast a couple episodes back, talking about uh, porn with feelings. So it's yeah, very, porn with feelings. So it's, it's very awkward, and Greg takes the hard drive and leaves, and it, it just kind of brings us up to speed on like what's going on with the Rebecca and Greg dynamic. You know, he's currently dating yeah. Heather. Um I guess when, oh yeah, because the previous episode was the camp, so Greg Greg was in the, the B-plot of that episode, but he hasn't interacted mm-hmm. with Rebecca in a while, and I think actually, the, yeah. yeah, the last time he saw her was um, the bus incident, which... Oh yeah, Greg, so awkward. Yeah, so, so even though that was a happy moment for Rebecca and Josh, Greg was really put off by that whole experience, and that's kind of where he's been in regards to her, so he's been avoiding her. Um... <laughs> She yeah she's like oh I haven't seen you in a while and he goes yeah I've been avoiding you <laughs> yeah literally says like yeah I've been avoiding you so uh, that's some peak Greg right there mm-hmm. and um, right on the vine Greg yep so pretty straightforward right, scene so, yeah uh, I think you know we see Rebecca like after that you know like scene ends Rebecca is dedicating herself to her work which I love to see like she, just. I love that the show reminds us often, all the time, that Rebecca is really fucking good at her job, that she's super smart, and that when she puts her mind to it, she can do anything she wants. She just happens to be putting her mind to, like, scheming about boys all the time. These are the these are the scenes that definitely um, re-energize my empathy for Rebecca, for all that it's very easy to get yeah, frustrated with her as a really character. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. Like, yeah. Re-energizes my empathy. It really does. Because <clears throat> after the Greg scene, we then... And, I believe it cuts to her at the boba stand, and she's getting a yeah. There, she's a cup of boba going over some notes for a case. Well, she, had, I think she got a coffee for herself because she refers to it as a red eye. So I don't think it's oh no, like that's the name of the card is cup of boba. Yeah, but she's she's not getting boba though because she doesn't like yeah. That. Anyway, doesn't this? I don't I don't know why I'm very. <laughs> anyway. I feel like I should address this just <laughs> before the episode goes any further. I'm very tired, everyone. <laughs> Like I've had a really long day. I've had a I had a really shitty shift at the fucking bar that I work at this morning. 
and I, this is a great, honestly, like, I, I talked with Tina about it ahead of time, like, I'm kind of glad that I'm in a weird mood for this episode, because it's a, it's a, it's an uncomfortable episode, and I don't know, I'm actually kind of looking forward to this, but if, if my tone seems different than, than previous recordings, or I, if I just seem, like, a little out of it, like, I don't know, um, full, like, just in the, for the sake of transparency, like, I'm a little cranky right now. <laughs> But it's cool, though. I can admit that. I can admit that about myself. I got a glass of wine. I am honestly legit looking forward to talking about this episode. So I, I, I just wanted to clear the air on that. So we can move forward now. <laughs> so, Let's go. Yes. Let's forge ahead. So she's, uh, she's trying. So she, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I'm ready for your like righteous indignation. <laughs> I'm, I'm I don't want to steamroll you. I just have a lot to say. Okay, just real quick, I'll get it out, and then I'll stop talking for a second, but, like, she's trying so hard to actually do the right thing in this scene. She's got her work, she's all dressed up professionally, she's got this big fucking case that she's working on. She hasn't really mentioned Josh yet in this episode, and as she is actually trying to, like, make some progress and do the right thing, Fucking Josh comes, like, up behind her and, like, puts his arms around her, and he's in, like, his taekwondo- Oh, no. He does a little fucking eye cover thing where he's like, well, guess who? Because, like, I think she was talking to herself. She was just kind of, like, affirming- Yeah, she's talking- she's, like, reading her notes out loud. Yeah, like, she she was, like, affirming herself, and he, like, hears it and kind of, like, plays off of it and just immediately gets, like, physical with her and is hugging her- talks about, like, oh, man, I just can't stop thinking about, like, how much fun we had at that camp together. And, like, you can just, like, she's so vulnerable to it. Like, she doesn't stand a chance, man. Like, as soon as, as soon as Josh starts laying it on, like, she gets the hard eyes. She, uh, ah, okay, you go. No, that's it. I am also (laughs) extremely pissed off that Josh comes up and is, like, guess who? And, like, covers her eyes, like, I personally don't like to be surprised. Like, yeah. there are too many strangers in the world for even the person that's closest to me to fucking surprise me with that shit. Like, please, please don't. Yeah. Uh, so it's way too flirty for my liking. Like, Josh, like, we just came out of an episode where jo- Josh is dumb, but he's not this naive. Yeah, we had a whole conversation about this. <laughs> yeah. So... And then he, like, hugs Rebecca. I'm like, God, I want to fucking fight him. But I didn't <laughs> win because he takes Taekwondo. He, ta- he takes Taekwondo. So a very important... He's probably so stinky. <laughs> so, so stinky. I smell him from here. That's an old inside so, yeah, joke. Um, I'm, very, I'm very upset about this scene. But I think what we really want to get into is what this episode is about, which is one very honest text message that goes to the Person. Well, so so crucially, um, the Boba stand scene. Josh offhandedly mentions that he accidentally left his phone at home because I guess he probably doesn't have pockets in his in his Taekwondo getup. And he, he, I mean, when I took karate when I was a kid, my gi definitely had pockets. So I like, what the fuck, Jan? I also took karate, and I don't remember if mine did. But regardless. There's this awesome line where he talks about how, quote, naked he feels without his phone. And he's just, like, so, so naked. And, like, Rebecca's eyes, like, you can just, she just has this moment where it's not spelled out in any way. It doesn't need to be, 
Like, she's, she's just clearly, like, having a moment thinking about that. <laughs> and she's just kind of like, uh-huh. 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 Oh, man. Um, and then they part ways, and he has to run. But what was important about that scene is that she knows that um, he actually doesn't have his phone on him. Flash forward to the next scene, where she is now um, in the middle of, basically, she's she's in a... God, you, you can really tell that I'm not a lawyer, because they're not in a courtroom, but there's a judge there. There's well, they're, they're the like other lawyer. Meeting. They're having, like, a... I don't know if it's called a hearing or whatever, but... There, she's she's in a meeting with her client, and the judge is there, and the other lawyer is there. It's at the White Feather office. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it's her, her client, the other lawyer, their client, and a judge are having, yeah, basically like a, a discussion of some kind. And as... Yeah, they're discussing the case. Um, I, I just, like... So I'm in meetings almost every day, and I, I first of all, like, my uh, my hard and fast rule is, like... Don't whip your phone out while somebody else is talking in a meeting, especially if it's a small meeting, because it's super disrespectful and people fucking know when you're not paying attention. Oh, so course. like as soon as Rebecca like whipped out the phone, I started to get anxious. <laughs> and then when she started texting about how Josh was, I got even more anxious. And then when she fucking sends the message and Paula doesn't get it, I was like, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> it is a truly horrifyingly uncomfortable scene because as they've done before in the show, it, it, sh- it shows us on screen what she's typing out, much as she did in the first episode with the super long text that uh, gave birth to the name of the podcast when she goes, Buzz, be my Um Once again... She is typing out a super long text full of emojis, how Josh is looking so, and then she does a little fire symbol. And she it's it's pretty bad. Fire it's, emoji. It's it's a it's a very thirsty text. And she is clearly intending to send it to Paula, <laughs> and Paula's just not getting it. Meanwhile, you know, this other lawyer is talking, giving information that she should be paying attention to, and basically has to derail the meeting. And, and bless Paula, like, I I love this scene so much because it, it's awkward. Oh, like, no, like, Rebecca is trying to make up something. So, like, Rebecca ends up freaking out and she's, like, trying to make up some excuse for why she's acting so freaked out. And Paula just goes, like, oh, no, these are good people. They'll understand. Yeah, she she talks about, you know, she's like, I've mentored them and I'm friend. Like, I'm yeah. all, all these people are locals. Like, I've worked with them for years. She goes, these are good people. And Paula just hands her phone around to everybody at the table and shows them the text that she accidentally sent to Josh. And all of these, like, just grown-ass professional people, one by one, are like, you know, fuck what we're doing. Like, this is a this is a disaster. Like, you need to go right yeah, they, now. They get very seriously invested. Like, Judge Spencer gets her a police escort. Yeah, that's the best part. The judge, the judge is definitely the best part. And the way that he's just screaming, he's like, just go! Just go, I'll get you a police escort. Just go. <laughs> it's truly beautiful how I, I don't know just the, like everyone gets it like all 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 the this is gonna sound so stupid but just like all the grown up lawyery shit that they were doing it's like everyone just, just like no fuck that <laughs> I'm an adult I swear no this is an actual emergency whatever we were doing before is trivial well, it's, compared to it's, this it's so human <laughs> it's, it's very beautifully human even though it's funny and it's stupid it's also it's just kind of like oh god like everyone understands and it's, it's really funny 
So now, so this this is the first song of the episode, um, which I actually don't know the name of because the whole song is them arguing. Oh, it's called Tech. It's called Text Emergency. It is called Text Emergency, even though um, yes, even though the the catastrophe it becomes an argument about whether they should call it a text emergency or a text catastrophe. I don't know. I have mixed yeah. feelings about this song because on the one hand, it's like I love hair metal just as a rule, like. I like the genre, but, like, I don't know. The, the meta-ness about the arguing during the song, like, it, it's no, not... No, I love it. I love that they argue in it. It's, like, it's like acid rock, but, like, there's bad anecdotes and, like, really terrible puns and directions for breaking into Josh and Valencia's apartment. And any misgivings I might have, like, the, the song also redeems itself entirely when the ghost of Steve Jobs comes comes in. <laughs> Talking about how he, even though he's dead, he still controls us all from the grave by how important he's made, you know, phones to everyone's life, essentially. But then they all tell him to go away. <laughs> they, they banish him. They banish Steve Jobs. Um, I, I also love how, like, the client that Rebecca was, I, I didn't recognize him, actually, the first, it didn't, it didn't click for me the first time I saw the episode that, like, her client, you know, they put that, like, long curly wig on him. Like I think he has the biggest <laughs> transformation during the in the in the eighties hair rock scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so um, <laughs> they realize they're getting off track. They go back to that lawyer lady. We now see Rebecca. She is searching for the spare key to get into Josh's apartment because she realizes that she has a couple hours. That Josh is still out. She knows his phone is at home, so she is trying to get to his phone to manually delete it before he can see it. And she finally finds the spare key to the Buddha sconce after checking various. In the Buddha sconce. Yes, it's not under the mat. It's not in the flower. It's not in the. It's not in the owl. It's in the Buddha sconce. And this episode is such a fucking roller coaster because on the like first she she gets to it she gets to the phone oh and then she has to figure out what his password is and it turns out it's Valencia's birthday and she's just like. At first, she's so happy that she figured out the password, but then she just looks like, damn it, he really loves her. Yeah, no, I'm so troubled, because before she guessed, before she gets the passcode, like, she's trying to guess that passcode. She knows Josh's birthday. She knows the last digits of his social security number. She knows a lot of his birthday. I'm like, Rebecca. (laughs) So So that's what it is. It's Valencia's birthday. She gets into his phone, and she deletes the text. And honestly... It, it was physical relief that I felt when she deletes the text. It's just like, oh, thank God. But then. The but fu- then. The fucking whiplash. She gets, she texts, she deletes the text. And then when she opens the door to leave, fucking Josh is right there. And well, because, because. Our fucking friend Rebecca had to stop and smell Josh's shirt. That was only a couple seconds. He still would have seen her. Like mm, it was long enough. <laughs> it's it whether it was it, fucking long enough. It was the principle of the thing that she didn't just immediately leave. She decided to stop and smell his shirt, which I was like, God damn it! It doesn't have to be like this. So she opens the door and he's right there. And she now has to come up with some bullshit lie to explain why she's in his apartment. And again, like, it's so uncomfortable to watch someone 
you know is lying. You know, like I have I have extreme difficulty like like watching like cringy things, I guess. Like we've talked about this. Oh here's a here's a real quick tangent. Here's a very real um example. You told me about this. It was a couple years ago at what was it, Dashcon? The fucking um uh-huh. The Tumblr convention that went horribly wrong. Oh, yeah, that's right. And they invited the Welcome to Night Vale people to be speakers. And then because, like, they didn't actually have the money, like, they they just were like, all right, well, we're leaving then. So there was apparently this... Yeah. Re- so there well, was... they just, like, didn't know... Like, they didn't know they were supposed to go, I think, is what ended up happening. Like, there was never any confirmation because there was never any, like, fees... Paid. That makes so more sense. The uh, well, the, the Night Vale crew. I and I think I'm remember remembering this correctly. The podcast first probably remembers it better than I do. But like, I think it's that they just didn't know they were supposed to go. Yeah. So so not to you know let let's not my criticism the criticism was not with them. That the the main the point that I'm building towards is that there was this whole room full of people who thought they were going to get to see basically, like, the main event of this convention that was such a such a disaster, but everyone was like, okay, well, we'll all still get to, like, see this thing. This is what we're all here for anyway. So these people were waiting in this auditorium for, like, hours, and then, like, no one had the balls to, like, get up and tell them that the thing wasn't happening, and then someone finally did, and you were, like, trying to get me to watch it, and I couldn't. <laughs> like, you were like, watch it, it's so funny, it's so cringy. And, like, I had to turn it off after about 15 seconds because, like, I felt like my body was going to flip inside out. <laughs> like, it's... I can't... Well, so the, 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 re, the, the cringy part that I was showing you was about, um... Uh, it was about their, like, um, their fee for using the hotel. Like oh, they is that when they were asking... Their deposit. They were asking the yeah, crowd so, for money. <laughs> The venue was like, you need to pay us like this much money, and the conventions, like the convention organizers, just didn't have it. So they literally stood up and they were like, "Hey guys, like, hey, really small crowd we thought was going to be way bigger. Can you help us collect? You know, it was like twenty thousand dollars or something. It was a lot of money. It was like way too much money to ask a bunch of teenagers to like." Then they tried to say like the hotel like was prejudiced against against Dashcon because they wouldn't let them stay when really it was because they didn't pay the hotel. I mean, it was just it was terrible. Like it, it was it was a bunch of people who had no idea what they were doing. No offense <laughs> if anyone who ran the thing is listening to this podcast. You know, like whatever. <sighs> I wasn't involved. But just the whole thing. Just it was it, it was. Ugh. I couldn't even, I couldn't even hear about it, I guess is, is my point. <laughs> like, I was also, like, that was, like, peak depression for me. So, like, just, I couldn't handle terrible things. <laughs> I just, so, it was so much. Yeah, so, so this, uh, this episode, I don't like. I really experienced the uh, phenomenon of schadenfreude, but, like, in, like, during DashCon, in 2014, I, like, used up uh, all of my schadenfreude. <laughs> I don't know, I, I just. This episode just pushes a lot of those similar buttons to me where I'm just like, oh, God. Oh, God, no. Yeah, it's it's very anxiety-inducing. So we see Rebecca, like, flailing, like, trying to come up with an explanation for why she's in the house. 
And she keeps saying things like slow down, like when he starts asking her questions. And she actually says, like, I need a second to get my story straight. And it's just like, oh, Rebecca. Like, this is this is so awful. Yeah, so she she obviously she obviously can't admit that she broke into his house to to delete a terrible text message from his phone. She obviously can't say that. So she just on the spot comes up with this whole explanation about how she was at home and someone threw a rock through her window and she got so freaked out that she just came over to Josh and Valencia's and that when she went to knock on the door, she claimed that she found it just unlocked. And since I guess that's something Josh has done before, like accidentally not locked the apartment, he's just like... Yeah, well, he's like, oh, did I leave the fridge open too? And Rebecca's like, yeah, I had to close it. She says she saved a lot of cold cuts. <laughs> yeah. So Josh buys it, and Rebecca well, is, she makes up a story about how someone has broken into her apartment, and that's why she's there. Yeah, she the it just pops into her head. Apparently, she she claims that someone threw a rock through a window, and Josh is like, "Well, did they take anything?" And she's like, "No, no, because this is you know it's a lie. Like she's just kind of making it up as she goes," and. She says that she's just going to go. And she's like, you know, I'm sorry for coming over here. I'm just, you know, basically. Well, it's really like, I think what's so troubling about this is like, I mean, obviously it's a huge lie and it sucks. But like, it's such a bad situation already. But like, I think what struck me about this is like, Josh Chan is the type of person who will go into like high alert protective mode for people who are in trouble. Like he, he... Like, he has a natural tendency to protect people. And so, like, here's Rebecca has gotten, like, you know, her apartment has been broken into and she's scared. And he's, like, immediately support mode. And Rebecca realizes that and that's when she tries to backpedal. She's like, oh, I'm just overreacting. But, like, Josh isn't going to let it go because he thinks that she's, like, in trouble and scared. And he's so fucked up in that moment because Rebecca then does, like, a 180, stops trying to backpedal and just, like, leans in because she knows she can get attention from Josh. Yes, this is when things truly get out of control, is when she realizes that he believes her, and instead of just thanking her lucky stars and walking away, she wants to keep hanging out with him. Or no, like, I think he offers to take her home. Yeah, that's it. He offers to drive her back to her place, and that's Mm -hmm. when she's like, but he says he needs to change because he's still in his Taekwondo stuff. And she's like, oh, take a shower, too, and take your time. So even though Paula is supposed to be having her romantic connection night with Scott, Rebecca sends her, (laughs) Rebecca calls her. Scott's annoyed. Paula has to pretend that it's her mom. And Oh, Scott's not having it either. He's like, "Uh uh-uh, I know that's not your mom. Yeah, so so this actually, I like the turn that this takes, but basically, even though Paula clearly knows that she shouldn't be taking the call, even though Paula is, is being shady about it, Basically, Rebecca calls her with this completely insane request where she says, I want you to go to my house right now and take a big rock and throw it through my sliding glass door and then leave now. (laughs) And Paula is ride or fucking die. And she's just like, what is she says something like very just matter of factly. She's like, she doesn't say heard. That's something I would say. But she says like like, copy or something. Yeah, she's like. She says some, yeah, it's something very like, you know, Roger that or whatever, or copy that. Yeah, she says copy that. 
And then Scott's like, you know, you said copy that to your mom. And she's like, yeah, I need to copy her medical files or whatever. I gotta go. And <laughs> Scott's just like, no, 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 no. Like, not only is this supposed to be our night together, but he also just calls her out. He's like, who the fuck are you taking all these phone calls from? Why are you always sneaking off? And yeah. and he says, you know, if you leave this house without me, you know, I, you know, I guess that's just it for our marriage or whatever. And Paula's like, all right, well, you can come with me, but you can't ask any questions. And well, and then I love that Scott's like, okay, and okay. then he becomes an accomplice, and he's really good at it. He's like <laughs> stoked to be on this adventure with well, his wife. He's good at it, but he also totally blows it. But we'll get there. <laughs> It's so good. They're like a couple of fucking like high schoolers. I love them. In this moment, I I love this couple. Yeah. Um, so I love the moment that they have after they get home where they're eating like their carry out burritos, like <laughs> and drinking I, wine. I don't think I gave two shits about Scott up until this moment, but like yeah, again, the... no character is disposable. Exactly. Yeah, like even characters who get a a misleading setup, I I had pretty much the same feelings about Scott. Like I didn't like dislike him or anything, but this was definitely the episode. I just didn't care about him. Yeah, th- this was the episode where like the Scott flower bloomed in my heart. And <laughs> well, and I love that he's like so into the Rebecca and Joss situation. Like like um, Paula's filling him in. He's like on the hook he's like yes and then that comes much later though but like (laughs) we're we're doing so well we're only like 30 minutes in and we have made so much fucking progress like maybe i should be cranky for a job my guy more recording sessions (laughs) i it's in every job i've ever had it's like i work best when i'm kind of pissed off so (laughs) it helps me focus i don't know but um so before that um they are outside Rebecca's house. Scott doesn't know they're outside Rebecca's house. He just knows they're, like, somewhere. Like, he's just along for the ride. Because it's dark now. Like, he's he's not really familiar. And um, Paula tells him to go find a rock. So he, he, he needs to pee. And Paula tells him to just go into Rebecca's house and then find a rock. And he does. And we don't quite know yet where he found the rock. But he comes back with this pretty perfect, like, big round rock. And Paula even says, like, wow, it's like... It's like the rock you'd see if you look up, like, the definition of rock. It's like a nice big throwing rock. And, uh, like, pa- like Scott's just, like, so proud of himself. And he's like, alright, now what? And Paula's like, you know, throw it through that fucking sliding glass window. And he's like, I, I can't do that. Like, I- what? And she's like, do it now! <laughs> like, <laughs> save our marriage, throw the rock. And he fucking throws it. And it gives, like, and you can just, oh, just, it puts a smile on his face. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it gives him, like, a rush. It's so much fun. Yeah. I actually, okay, another quick little tangent. Like, one of my first jobs, I worked at a, a amusement park when I was, like, 19, 18 years old. And um, I worked at the little stand when you're, like, leaving the park where you could, like, buy pictures of yourself when they, like, force you to take a picture at the beginning of your day. And then as you leave, you can, like choose all these bullshit ways to like spend too much money on getting a copy of that picture and one of the many things that you could buy was a fucking snow globe and they would like and they would insert the picture into it and like no one ever bought the snow globes because like you know it was it was like a summer themed amusement park for one and they were overpriced and it's like who the fuck is going to want this thing? Well, like, so many people travel to get to the park, and then, like, how the fuck are you going to put a snow globe in your 
luggage. So anyway, so there were all these like blank snow globes just like hanging out in the storage <laughs> area. And there was this one night where me and my manager, and it had just been this bullshit fucking day. And I was like, I was upset about something. And she, you know, she liked me. And she was like, Melanie, come here for a second. And like, we went out back into like the employee only area. And she basically, she had like a box full of these snow globes with her. <laughs> and she was like, just go ahead and smash one. And then like, and we each did a few. <laughs> It felt really great. And uh, that that's the euphoria that Scott was feeling in that moment when he asks her, like, what else can we break? Like, what what are we breaking next? <laughs> I think he does. He's just like, what else can we break? Yeah, he's like, what are we going to break next? And uh, so, yeah, so it was like this hugely positive experience for, for Scott and Paula. It's so, really cute. I like it so much. So cutting back to Rebecca. Um, so she, yeah, she and Josh get to her apartment. And Josh, of course has called the cops because, like, he thinks someone has been doing some crimes. Yeah, well, just, um, before that, um, Rebecca doesn't even know if the thing happened. So oh, she, yeah, she... she's, like, creeping in the house, like, uh... She is already, like, trying to lay the groundwork for, she's like, so, you know, this is wild, but, like, what if, what if we get inside and it turns out that the thief felt bad and had an emergency glass repair come by and like she's basically trying to to preset an excuse for why the door didn't get broken but um yeah. but nope paula followed through and as they walk in you know there's broken glass all over the place and you know josh is taking this shit really seriously and even though rebecca insists that she doesn't want to call the cops josh totally did and yeah, he already had because somebody broke into rebecca's apartment and- as far as he did and honestly, I mean, that's, he did the right thing. Like, Josh, yeah, you Josh, should call the police. Josh is doing the right thing in all this. And because Rebecca is a lawyer, she is basically able to, um, shoo the police officer right back out of the house. Yeah, she, like, she uses all that, like, chaotic energy to go Super Saiyan, and she, like, <laughs> she's quoting, like, forms and, like, making inside jokes, and, like, so, so like, this officer comes in ready to, like, take a report and like make sure that the the crime gets solved and Rebecca like puts him at ease and he just leaves. She like points out that at best, you know, it's a vandalism charge and she's like, you know, and that's a, you know, those those forms are are pain in the ass and the cops like she's like 20 pages. <laughs> the cops like you're not wrong. <laughs> she's like I don't want you spending your night doing paperwork like don't worry about that and you know, there's better things you could be doing with your time. So so even though she's being, like, manipulative and shady, I do love that the the setup to that was that since she's upset, you know, and she's kind of, like, sputtering at first when the cop shows up, Josh kind of makes this comment where he says to the officer, like, you know, speak slowly, like, she won't be able to understand you if you're talking too fast. And, like, that kind of galvanizes Rebecca, who then immediately goes into lawyer mode, and she starts, yeah. like you know, like, patronizingly explaining, like, what all the codes mean to Josh. She's like, a 627 or whatever. And then she, like, looks over to Josh. She's like, that's a robbery. Because, <laughs> like, I don't know. So, like, that that was just some kind of, like, nice, immediate um, payback for... <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, and, you know, we don't have to go too far into this because, like, we're going to talk... We have talked about it. We're going to talk about it more. But, like, the idea that a woman in peril needs the help of a man. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's a huge trope that the show tackles again and again. And um, 
even though, to be fair, there are these definite frustrating moments in this episode where, like, like I think when they're still at Josh's place, he refers to her as just, like, a sweet little baby bird, and she she does the baby voice, which I fucking hate. Like, we, so I think we've talked about this on the podcast. If we haven't, like, we, we're both on very much on the same page as that, like, baby voice is the worst. <laughs> baby voice makes me just want to, like, explode, I guess? Like, actually... Like actually turn into an incendiary device. That um in in my in my my toils and travels in, in the restaurant industry, like that is definitely like when you know, when like I'm talking to like a table and I'm like, you know, how how is everything? And they're like, Oh, it's so yummy and I'm just like, I hate you guys. <laughs> I hate I hate when it like it's it's not like infantilizing women obviously is disgusting. Don't do it. Um, when, like, anyone infantilizes their themselves. Like, I don't talk to my one-and-a-half-year-old nephew like a baby. I talk to him like a full-grown-ass man. The only time baby voice is appropriate <laughs> is if you are talking to your pets. Yes, that's different. You can and talk also, to a dog in a baby voice. It's a good boy. Preferably when it's just... <laughs> I'm not trying to shame, but, like... Because I definitely, like, use a very stupid voice with my cat. But I also don't make that other people's problem. Like, <laughs> I 100% do because everybody does it. Like, if I see a dog, I'm like, that's a good dog right there. Well, yes. But I'm just talking about, like, I've, you know, I'm not going to name any names. But, like, I know some people just throughout my life, there's more than one person who this applies to, where, like, when when someone will, like, never drop the baby voice thing around like their pet like ever <laughs> it's just kind of like okay <laughs> you know? never ever I, I see i feel like i don't with dogs but with cats i talk to them like they're 30 year old humans and i'm like <laughs> well you're a grown person and i'm gonna talk to you like you are i definitely have a voice for my cat but i don't i don't do that when talking about my cat to say like my coworkers. yeah well well you and i also like you you've known my cat as long as I have, so that's different. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm talking about just like my coworkers who like me, but you know, let's be real. Like, they only give so much of a shit. About, yeah. Like, yeah. And the feeling is mutual, and that's not a bad thing. It's just this professional barriers. But yeah, my my point is, I'm we're so damn it. We were doing so Sorry. good. We were doing so we're good. Doing so they're <laughs> cleaning up. Josh fucking finds the rock. Now, I'm okay. I'm just gonna say, like, real quick. Yes. Uh, I can think of, like, several handy excuses. Dude! Dude, me too! Thank you! Because there were so many ways she could have played that off. I've been using that rock out on my patio to hold paste down. Daniel must have picked it up. But no, Rebecca is like, she's run out of excuses in her excuse. Or even, it could have been like a fucking, uh, what's that stupid sport with the brooms called? The ice sport. Curling. curling yeah like maybe the rock that got thrown in bumped that other rock you know like there's so many <laughs> oh i see i no, see what you mean no offense to any people <laughs> who are curlers out there we're back patio like i do this a lot if i go and sit out um like we have a public like outdoor area if i go out there to like if I'm working from home or something, like, I'll take something heavy with me to put on top of my notes so I don't lose them in the wind. Well, also, he only noticed the spot that it belonged in because she, like, eyes, like she, like, it. glanced, like, she, for all the other things that she has somehow managed to, like, loophole her way out of in this episode, yeah. he, I mean, I know that it's the point and, like, this isn't a frustration at the show or anything, but 
I'm so happy that you brought that up because I definitely took a mental note of that and I was worried that you would like judge me for thinking of all these ways I could have gotten away with that. <laughs> I'm like, there are so many plausible excuses. She totally. She's, she's like, she's on the edge of a cliff and this is when she just like topples over. She also knows the truth. And I'm not saying that she should have kept getting away with her lies because no, clearly. No, definitely not. Guys, we're not, we're not saying she should keep lying about yeah. this shit. It's just like, this is a ridiculous point at which she was exposed. There are a bunch of ways that she could have gotten out of it, but thank goodness she didn't because it segues into one of the most iconic songs of the show, but just real quick, so let's talk about how Josh well, reacts. I just want to talk about Josh's reaction to this. Like he's suddenly so over whatever is going on. Like he he does a complete reversal. Like and arguably, like it's if you put yourself in Josh's shoes, it's scary for him, right? Like he's realizing there's a lot more going on being the surface of Rebecca. Uh, he probably thought like you know he was fooling himself up until now that he was like flirting playfully with like an old friend but rebecca is doing some ultra shady shit she's like making up huge lies and you know josh is leaving and she she almost drops uh the l-bomb out loud like she almost does the, the love thing well because she just, yeah let, let's like, just focus oh, so the previous on josh's face the previous two episodes the the bus one two episodes back are when Rebecca finally admits it to herself and Paula that she loves yeah. Josh and also she just had she had the moment with Josh on the bus and then in the camp episode they had the moment at the campfire so like you know on the one hand she's been having these like quote unquote victories but on the other hand like there's something so uncomfortable about it because you know the truth of the matter is that Josh has a girlfriend and it's like they are both playing with fucking fire It's not just that Josh is a girlfriend anymore, though. It is that Rebecca is scheming and lying and manipulating to to get to him. And that's terrifying. Yeah, he... Everything just... Even though, again, there are so many ways that that rock was not necessarily incriminating. But for the sake of the plot, it, it, it clicked for Josh. Where he's just like, wait a minute. And... All of a sudden, just none of the shit makes sense. It didn't make sense to begin with, but he was willing to give her the benefit of the doubt. And one of the last things he says is, you know, you know, none of this makes sense. And he goes, I don't even want to think about why you were in my apartment earlier. And yeah. and there's nothing there's nothing she can say because the truth is even worse, which is that she needed to delete that text message in which she... She said, she was talking about, like, I can't wait until I can tell him that I moved here for him and we can finally be together. And just, like, it, it's so delusional. It's, it's bananas. Yeah. And. Oh, we can't forget uh, the fondue me delivery she has <laughs> I forgot that that's the name of the restaurant. He's my number one this episode. I just love him. <laughs> So, yeah, so the fondue guy is gonna, like, get it all set up and everything, and, like, God bless you, fondue guy. Like, (laughs) you are the glue that holds society together. And, like, she makes some kind of comment about how delivery fondue is probably, like, not even that good anyway, because the cheese will congeal. And he goes, it actually doesn't. Not a lot of people know that. If you could spread (laughs) the word, I'd appreciate it. 
And, um, and then she's like, no, no, no. And he's like, oh, so this is not about cheese. So this is not about cheese. And, um, and, and, and now we are at the song, unless there's some, anything else you want to say before the song. No, we need to talk about this fucking amazing, like, Barbara Streisand solo number it that really she does. Is. And, like, I, I love everything about this. The, the song itself, the visuals in the episode. Rebecca is so beautiful in this scene. Just the gown she's wearing and, like, her, her makeup is fucking on point. Like, her hair is so cute. <laughs> she looks glamorous as fuck. She, she, she does sad so well. And I, I hope you know what I mean by that. That, you know, yeah. I, I, like, the, the melancholy, like the dirge. I, I feel like I have a similar look. Like, I feel like I also have inherently big sad eyes. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I just, I love her aesthetic because, like, and, like, I used to wear my hair, like, super, like, short and curly and cute like that, too. Like, I I miss your short curly hair. It was so bouncy. I kind of, I like it. like, your long hair, too. Like, your hair is, like, your awesome flame red long That's hair. That's the thing is that I like both. Like, and, and ain't that just the fucking way with me? <laughs> <laughs> ain't that just the fucking way? I, I, I like a lot of both. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, like, she, she looks really great with the short hair, and it's such a, it's not my favorite song. I mean, it's up there. I I think it's probably a- For me, like, this is one of the most emotionally relatable songs. Oh, yeah. Well, it's so relatable that I almost want to just be like, yeah, of course, but, like, it, it always gets me right at the end. Like, some of the songs from this show- get me throughout the whole song like greg's what'll it be um more that come later but like this one it's like i can listen to this one without it destroying me right up until like that last fucking part when she starts to break down and that does it for me every single time like i like it's a it's the like musical uh embodiment of that feeling you know when you've been like you've been in this bubble and then it gets popped and you come crashing back down and everything feels real and you're like, oh, that's right, I'm garbage. Why did I ever think what I was doing was suitable or sustainable? What's so wild and relatable is that long before you and I ever even knew about this show, because this is a relatively new phenomenon in both of our lives, like, we've been doing this since, like, what, February, March? It's August now. Yeah, just this year. Just a couple months. Like, we were late to the game on the show, but, like, you and I, Christina, like, we have been talking about <laughs> ruining things. <laughs> just just fucking things up. Well, like, it, it's been an inside joke with us, and I'm sure it is for a lot of people, too, but, like, just just casually, just flippantly and funnily, like, throughout our lives, we've been like, you're a ruiner. Like, you ruin things. <laughs> and, like casually lovingly like not not said maliciously but like it, it's just kind of been part of our vocabulary and now for them yeah, yeah. and and this song like when i first like i said when i first heard it like some some songs will devastate me immediately this one i was able to listen to almost all the just that last fucking part when like her voice starts to break when she's yelling at herself cuz it's it's so hard to listen to cuz it's so relatable because it's like, you you want to hug her. It's like, you want to tell her not to say these things to herself. And that that's the advice we all give to everyone but ourselves. 
but we all do this to ourselves and I'm like I'm getting emotional talking about it this is this might be it this might be the episode where I actually cried during the podcast so we were talking about before we started recording we were on the phone earlier and um Mel is like, okay, I'm probably going to cry sometime during this, this morning. And I was like, let it out. I mean, just both the day that I've had and also just like the context of the episode itself. I mean, like, I'm, I'm okay. Like, everything's fine. If it gets too gross, fine, I'll cut it out. But, but, but my, my feelings, I just have a lot of feelings. It, it's such a beautiful song, too. Like, like, would it be lame if I like sang a little bit of it? Go. I, if, Follow if, your heart. If it sounds shitty, like, I just won't use it. But, like, it, it's so in my range. Like, the... <clears throat> let's see if I can do it. The... Well, Rebecca, you've done it now. Commas come to tap you on the shoulder. I'm not gonna do the whole thing. But, <laughs> like, uh, it's, it's, it's just right in my range. And then, I don't know, I want to do the fun part, too. Um... <laughs> You ruined everything, you stupid bitch. You ruined... Hold on, I have to clear my throat. I'm going to start over. Oh, God, I just looked at the waveform. I might not be keeping this in. I just want to see if I can do it. Hold on. I'm going to pour... Let me let me clear my throat with a glass of wine real quick. Oh, yeah, then... that'll help. <laughs> don't judge me. All right. I'm surprised we, we don't sing in more episodes, to be honest. Honestly, me too. Alright. <sighs> you ruined everything, you stupid bitch. You ruined everything, you stupid, stupid bitch. You're just a lying little bitch who ruins things, and I don't know the next line. <laughs> Bitch, you're a stupid bitch, and lose some weight. Which is terrible. You shouldn't say that to yourself. But at the you same, shouldn't say, you shouldn't like, think that shit about yourself. But like, I've done it. You should. Like, there have been people like, who've come. I'm just like, I am. I am the worst. I'm not worth anything. Like, also, like. Why did I think I could do this when I should have been punishing myself about this other thing anyway? Even though it's so silly, like, when she calls herself a, quote, poopy little slut. (laughs) I'm just like, oh, Rebecca. The way she starts, like, stamping her foot and, like, ugh. Because, I mean, throughout, you know, just the past couple years of my life, like, I actually had a coworker. like, one of the most powerful things that, like, anyone has said to me during this whole, like, just recovery process of mine, this very sweet, um, woman who's a couple decades, honestly, older than me, but we, we formed a, a unique friendship, her and I, even though on paper, like, we disagree about a lot, but she's very sweet, and, and she could just tell that, you know, I was in a bad place, and that I, I, I wasn't caring about myself, and I just remember, yeah. like, I was being hard on myself one day, and she said to me, here here I go, I'm getting emotional again, but she said to me, um, she said, when you go home today, she's like, I want you to find a picture of yourself when you were a kid. And she's like, I want you to try and say the stuff you're saying about yourself to that kid, and I want you to, like, experience how, like, wrong and unfair that feels. And she's like... Oh my god. Yeah. That is such good advice. And I mean, mean, for me, that's good advice. That would work. It really, like, just 
carved into my soul. And I was just like, because she's right. And I was just like, oh my God. Yeah. And she's like, she's like, you, you will realize that like, you don't dare say those things to that little girl. And she's like, so why would you say that to her today? And I was just like, <laughs> like I, oh man, that's, <gasps> <laughs> so that's, that's some heavy shit. And, um, oh, and just speaking of just like heavy emotional songs, like I've, I've been meaning to bring this up the past couple episodes and I keep forgetting, but, um, cause sometimes like, I'm just, I feel the need to stress that it's like, I'm just an emotional person. Like I'm, I'm in such a good place right now that like me talking yeah. about like just crying about this, that, and the other. Like I don't know. Like, well, I think that's that's so. It's not out of the ordinary. I think that's so ordinary is to be an emotional person. Everyone tries to, you know. I feel like there are a lot of people who try to like, you know cover up their feelings yeah. or like stomp them down or be like I don't cry at movies and meanwhile <laughs> I am crying public about everything like well yeah so so for, so when I when I know that I need to like let it out like there are definitely um things that I know like just reliable <laughs> like means for me to like just expedite that process so recently um just within I don't know it was within the past couple weeks um I knew that I was in need of a good cry. So I went to my go-to, which um, in this case was one of my favorite Queen songs, specifically um, the live Rock Montreal version, the 1984 concert of Love of My Life, which is just, I'm going to sing a little bit of that too. Like it just, uh, the, the chorus where it's like, you're familiar with Love of My Life, right? Yeah. Well, just in case anyone, <clears throat> like I said, I'll, I'll cut this out if it's stupid, but um the chord progression of the chorus where he's like, um, love of my life, don't hurt me. You've broken my heart. And now you leave me. Love of my life. Can't you see? Bring it back. Bring it back. Don't take it away from me because you don't know what it means to me. And obviously I'm listening to Freddie Mercury, so it was like a thousand more times emotionally powerful. And I'm just bawling. I'm just like letting it all out to this song. And like just the the the, the guitar part, like Brian May on the acoustic guitar is also beautiful. And he's like vamping on the mic and he's like, he's like, you don't know it. That's all right. Like, <laughs> it's so sweet. Like, it's so fucking sweet. And I'm just like losing my mind, like just lost in this song. And I, it, so, so this is part of like a queen playlist that I have where it's just it's totally random I've got just like basically every queen recording imaginable just set to random so I'm yes. so I'm listening to this I'm, I'm sobbing and then I swear to god the very next song that starts up is dun 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 fresh oh he'll save every one of us which I, I feel like we used to just sing at random. Yeah, you you and I, like, just one of us would just go, like, Fresh! Fresh! <laughs> we can't do it with the delay over the recording, but... Savior of the universe. Savior of the universe! He'll save every one of us! Stands for every one of us! Do it, I can't do it. It's, no, I can't, I'm not gonna do that last part. That's... Oh. I'm not worth it. <laughs> it's like 
I don't know the words, but you do. I've heard you do it before. There we go. Thank you. So that was adorable. Um. So yeah, like this is, and yeah, this. So so just getting back on topic, but like this is definitely one of my like. It's like a stubborn cry song for me because like I can just not flash, <laughs> not flash. <laughs> Not Flash. Sorry, not. Um, I not mean, flash. like that was honestly though, like that was that was like the universe, like being like, all right, you've had enough, you've had enough wallowing in self pity, like you need to laugh. And- God, it'll just like there are those songs that hit you just fucking right, you know. God, you know what hit me the other day what? in a sad way for the first time. In a what? Long time. Tell me. I was so I was I was you know um, so. Uh, I don't think I've mentioned it. My favorite band is the Foo Fighters. Like, I fucking love the Foo Fighters. They're up there like, for me, too, but you're definitely... You, you have the Foo Fighters tattoo on your ass, so... I do. I have the um, I have the Foo Fighters tattoo from when they did the um, There's Nothing Left to Lose uh, logo. And uh, it's the same one Dave Girl has on the back of his neck. <laughs> what a nerd. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, like, I, I, a lot of my, like... I have a lot of like emotional ties to a lot of those songs. But, oh yeah. Um, I was listening to my Foo Fighters playlist the other day, and uh-huh. Walking After You came on, and I was like, God damn it! <laughs> this song hasn't struck me like this in so long. I was just in the car, and I started crying. Which one is that? I know I've um, heard it, but like, it's not immediately coming to mind. It's the one where it's like, if you walk out on me. Oh yeah. Out, yeah, you know. <sighs> it just I, hit me in just the right way. I was oh, having man. some feelings about things, and I was like, "Son of a bitch!" Here I am crying in the car, just on Broad Street. <sighs> it's fine. I've gotta go grocery shopping. It's fine. Time. It's good. Yeah, I'm definitely. I don't know. Didn't like, wear makeup today, so uh, no one will know. Oh, that is such a big mood. Well, now that I've been like getting all glammy and shit again recently, like that—that's been like the most difficult thing—is like instinctively going to just like rub my face or like you know just have a spontaneous cry. I'm like, fuck, I can't. (laughs) You gotta buy that good ass waterproof uh, mascara, my guy. Some of my shit is waterproof, but not all of it is. I am in the process. I'm I'm gonna get you the waterproof mascara that I use because that shit. Never smudges. I'm pretty sure my water, my mascara is waterproof, but my eyeliner is definitely not. Oh yeah, yeah, no. Okay, uh, and, so Stila makes one, and you know, Stila, you know, I wear we some thick. No monetary compensation. Yeah, we wish, but <laughs> God, makeup even sponsor uh, yeah, us. It makes one that literally will not. I'm into it. I'll check it out. I mean, I'm in the process of. I'm in the process I mean, of your, modernizing. Your is coming up. Mm-hmm. It is. Anyone who might want to, you know support us on patreon no i'm not i don't i don't ever i feel so guilty like even just mentioning the patreon like i'm gonna need to get over this i know but like i don't know like get over that guilt i have this sticker on the back of my laptop that says uh kill your imposter syndrome i think i need i'm gonna need you to go i don't even i mean i'm not even it's not an imposter syndrome because it's like i haven't even like achieved any notoriety (laughs) jesus all right. Well, speaking, we're doing so well on time. I'm going to keep it up. We um, are. Speaking, we're, we're doing really well on time. Emotional. Yeah. Can we talk about this next scene because it made me so oh, emotional. It hurts. It the the hurt doesn't stop. So like the painful song so, happens. Yeah, and then Rebecca's just sobbing on the floor in front of this shattered. She's like in the glass, just 
sitting on the floor. Yeah. And she comes through the gate. None other than our friend Greg Serrano. So Greg just and happens to be walking by he's, and he's just well he's you know he's ready to duck in and take like a few like jabs at Rebecca, like sarcastically, like, you know, hassle her about something. And he sees the shattered glass and Rebecca and just like his attitude drops and you see this side of Greg that I don't think we've seen before, which is like this bare, like naked, genuine worry and concern. Well, like I think the yeah. only time we've seen that is with his dad. Like we know that Rebecca is essentially okay. We know that she wasn't attacked. We know that there wasn't actually a break in. Like we we know what happened, but Greg doesn't know anything. And all he sees, yeah, is the broken window and he sees Rebecca looking very uncharacteristically like sad and just in on herself. And it's it's he's well, he doesn't ask any questions. He just asks like, "How can I help?" And just my heart goes out so hard to Greg because, like, you know, not he not to so much better. He he doesn't know what happened to her, and he's probably assuming the worst. You know, like we don't need to speculate, but the way that he the acting in this scene by um, Santino Fontana is just ugh, like it's so genuine, it's so real, and like you can just. Like, I like want to watch Santino Fontana in like a period drama, like a like a Jane Austen period drama, it's, so that uh, I can fully dedicate my okay. Time. So in the split second before you said Jane Austen, I was absolutely like crafting this image in my mind of him as Mister Darcy. God, it would be so good <laughs> with like, the fucking poofy neck thing and. <sighs> <sighs> We both went to the exact same place. We both went to the exact same place. I want to fight our friend, like, Fitz Darcy. Like, <laughs> I hate that guy. Woo! But, uh, you know. So, yeah. So, Greg beneath... Like, Greg is such a vulnerable character beneath the sarcasm. And, like, even more than Rebecca, who I think is definitely supposed to be just relatable to your, perhaps you know, just generic female viewer of the show, I, I continue to feel like I relate to Greg the most. Like, his... You know, the, the humor is a defense mechanism for him, and he, he hides behind the smarminess. And and that's, that's what he I love is, about... As we say in the anime fandom, a tsundere. Oh, dude, Greg is a Greg total... is the fucking tsundere. Oh my god, I can't... He, he puts on this front. So guys... <gasps> Folks, for those of you who don't know what a tsundere is, who are not otaku trash, uh, a tsundere is the character who is a little tsun a little dairy-dairy. Tsun-tsun is like a character who is uh, tough tough exterior, like a little bit irritable, um, like surly sometimes, uh, gets angry easily. Dairy-dairy is um, a feeling of like vulnerability and like sort of, not cuteness really, but like like softness so that's greg he's like he pretends to be so angry and irritated with everyone and he like he uses sarcasm as a sort of like self-defense mechanism but he's so he cares about people so genuinely and deeply he's and soft on the inside it. even though he it's not like he was it's not like he likes you anyway it's not like i like you anyway <laughs> Oh my so God. he's there just like literally picking, like literally and figuratively, like drops 
what he's doing. He's he probably was with Heather and like came over to like get something again and drops what he's doing to like literally and figuratively pick up the pieces with Rebecca. To Rebecca's credit, she tries to tell him to just move along, but he's not having any of it because he's a nice guy. And this this also just compounds my my empathy for Rebecca in this situation because it's not like she was trying to get Greg to come over. So let's see. Okay, so Greg is being a nice guy. Rebecca, to her credit, is not trying to entice Greg in. She's not just being a nice guy. I uh, so I, I this might just be my hang up, but the night the, the phrase "nice guy" um, conjures for me the image of someone who's out for their own. And yeah, I mean, I mean, nice guy, little. He's being, he's being a good human. Lowercase nice guy, like not, okay. not capital letters TM nice guy. Like he's being Greg just being a supportive and caring human. Being. He's being a decent person, is what I'm actually yes. trying to say, without putting any kind of internet stigma on that phrase. So yes. Greg is just being a solid dude, and he, even though Rebecca is is. And that's almost why he's taking her so seriously, I almost want to feel, is because she's, like, minimizing it. Because she's like, don't worry about it, just, you know, do yeah, what, what you're doing. she's not freaking out about something, and I think that's all Greg sees her do, is be, like, hyperbolic about everything. So she's even saying, like, don't worry about the glass, just, like, let's, let's watch TV or whatever. Him, like, she doesn't want him involved in this. And, you know, I don't know if it's because she just wants to be... Um, like at first she wants to be alone because we you know she does say like i don't want to be alone right eventually she says she doesn't want to be alone but she also doesn't want to talk about anything and she doesn't want him to ask any questions and he's just to be fair you know that's not he's not willing to to just not ask questions and like i i get both sides of this like sometimes you just need someone to be there for you and not you know ask any questions but at the same time that person like, if they're going to dedicate their emotional energy to you, you owe them an explanation a little bit. That's how I feel about it. So she... Like, you, you owe them something. Yeah, so, well, she doesn't even need to say anything, though, because the second she, like, just gives in and, like, lets, lets him hug her and lets him start to sweep up, he looks, like, past her shoulder and he sees the delivered fondue, which has... The fondue me. Which has Josh's name on the receipt. And the fact that there's the two glasses of wine. And we didn't touch on this, but um, in his signature Josh Chan move, Josh puts ice in his wine. Yeah, so, his ice in his white wine. So he sees a the classic two... classic Chan move. Because Josh is like a little old lady, apparently. Because <laughs> that that's is some, a... Like, um, that's some, like, white auntie business. Yeah, that's that's some, like, elderly white woman from England. Not to stereotype, but um, I work in a restaurant and... <laughs> That that's that's what my experience is. Is like cute little old ladies with British accents put ice in their white wine. I feel like that's also like in my experience, like a very uh, that's like a southern country thing to do. Like you know what like, though, I will say this: I know so many, like I know personally, so many southern women who do this. Yeah, it, it, I shouldn't I shouldn't say it's a British thing because the more I think about it, um, totally like a lot of older folks and 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 what I and I. God, I'm so all over the place it's today. It's such a white people thing. <laughs> totally. But also just, I, I love that, like, we're in an era where, like, wine snobbery is starting to, like, loosen up a little bit, I feel. Yeah. yeah like, like uh, sometimes I like to put a little Sprite in my white wine and add Yeah, it's, juice. I mean, just like, just saying. fuck it. The world's on fire. Like, put ice in your wine. Like, fuck it. 
That's going to be our first merch, everyone, is a t-shirt that says, fuck it, the world's on fire, put ice in your wine. (laughs) I would wear that shirt. (laughs) If nothing else, I'm going to make a shirt for myself that says that. And you too, and we're going to have matching shirts. Oh my god, beautiful. Thank you. That's going to, that's, honestly, if we do ever get to the point where we start making merch, it's absolutely going to just be, like, stuff that we first made for ourselves. So, like, rest (laughs) assured. bad stencils. Oh, dude. I mean, like, we need to put no ice cream in bowls on a shirt. Like, Uh, oh, we haven't talked about that on the podcast, I don't think. Okay. let's finish the episode and then we can talk about it. We're almost there. We've got some time to kill. So, like, let's finish the episode and then, um, and then we'll, we'll explain that. So, so Greg is so putting these visual clues together, and he's like, "Josh has been here." And not it's not just only downhill. Not only was Josh involved, but he was like, "Josh was clearly just here, and something happened." And he goes, "And here I am, literally cleaning up the mess with a broom literally. and dustpan in hand, like it's literally." So- it is so sad. Like, I want us to pull this apart a little bit. Let's do it! Because Greg was... So the thing that strikes me is that Greg was fine cleaning up this mess until he had a realization that Josh was involved. Yes. And, and I'm like, what? what makes it so different? Well, as he said so himself, he said, you know, there's multiple ways basically, to get into Heather's place. And he said that he intentionally takes the path that takes him past Rebecca's back door. Yeah. And he admitted, he's like, my girlfriend is 20 feet in that direction through that wall, and I'm here, and I need to not be here. Yeah. So he's in, like, even though he's frustrated that Josh was involved, even though he's frustrated at Rebecca he is also very he he actually even says it like as soon as I start to say he's frustrated with himself he's like Rebecca's like why are you mad at me and he says I'm not mad at you I'm mad at myself yeah and oh my god if this is not just yet another reason why (laughs) Greg resonates with me so hard because I yeah No matter, like, there's, you know... You know you're not supposed to, but you do anyway. Like, you know you're not supposed to do something and it's not gonna end well for you and you're like, let me go ahead and fall right back into it. To Rebecca's credit, like, she was trying to discourage him from helping and he insisted and probably even sees now, like, why she didn't even want him involved, but he just put himself there and got frustrated and at least realizes that he's frustrated with himself. At least he's not blaming Rebecca, you know, like good for him. And he leaves once again and leaves Rebecca alone. Oh, and then there's also just that like biting fucking parting line where she's like, you know, you know, you can't leave. She's like, I, I need someone to be here. And he goes, yeah. Someone. That is, oh, it made my heart and my stomach hurt. She just wants, if it's not Josh, she just wants someone. And Greg wants her to want him specifically for being himself. That's not unfair. Like, that's not unreasonable. Of course. (sighs) So, but, like, my heart, like, thinking about it now, like, my heart hurts. 
it's, it's a rough episode. Like, I've in a, like I've definitely been looking forward to talking about this one, and like in a way, like I like I said at the beginning, like I'm kind of glad you know that I was in kind of a weird because sh- I would have been in a weird shitty mood by the time this recording session was over, regardless. So I'm glad that I was already yeah. there. You, know? you were already there, so like talking about it didn't put you in a weird shitty mood. Yeah, because that's definitely happened before. Where like some of these podcast episodes, like I've certainly been enjoying doing this, but like. It is an emotionally draining thing to do because, like, some of these subjects that we talk about just like take us there, and then it's like we end the call, and then it's like, and then I'm just kind of still there, like, for the rest of the night. Well, sometimes you're having like a hangover. It's it's really it's it's yeah it's it's a physical like drain sometimes afterwards. It's really been fascinating to experience. You know, like it's not a regret thing. It's just it's it's been very interesting doing this show like especially you know since it's so fucking relatable and like i don't know the highs are high and the lows are low but um fuck so then so what happens like i i don't i actually don't remember what happens after that scene like well no because then she talks to paula like it does end on a on a okay yeah no i got you Uh, well i mean positive note paula and scott have a recap moment yeah. Where so, they basically recite the entire uh, theme song. It's really cute. Oh, yeah, that is a really... Because that was... I think this is one of the first... I think in the very first episode, there's no theme song. But, yeah, this... There was notably no theme song at the beginning of this one. And as Paula is explaining the situation to Scott, they they just literally spell out the season one theme song. Yeah, the whole theme song is really Yeah. Good. My favorite, definitely my favorite part is when Scott's just like, she's so broken inside. <laughs> C-R-A-Z-Y. Uh, Paul's like, it's actually a lot more nuanced than that. Yeah. They do the whole song. They do good. the whole thing. It's, uh, it's very But sweet. after that, it's after very, that, we, it's very we, meta. We go the next morning and Paula and Rebecca... Paula catches up with Rebecca at Cup of Boba, and Rebecca is just in this self-deprecating mood. She's she's in stupid bitch mood. Like, she's she telling herself that she's the worst. She like, doesn't want to talk about wave. it. She, she, Paula is like, tell me what happened. And she's like, it was so, she's like, I ruined everything. And she's like, yeah. she's like, it was, it's so bad, I don't even want to talk about it. Which Paula has never experienced with Rebecca before. Like, Rebecca, even, even during her various disasters, you know, has always been a fucking chatterbox. And, yeah, it's and like ready to talk about it. So oversharing, um, even, and now it's like always. And now when she and doesn't, Paula goes into like mom mode and just <sighs> lifts her up. She gives her a pep talk. It's a really good pep talk well, too. Well, like Paula, I, like, I feel better. Paula shines, you know, some some hope on her, and she's like, she's like, you're not worthless. You're not stupid. She's like, you saved my marriage. Yeah. You know. Albeit in a bit of a roundabout way, but, you know, doing her crazy request with The Rock, and then also Paula became incredibly straight up turned on by how, like, into the Rebecca situation Scott got, and it was like, just the fact he showed interest in something that is important to her, and he was listening, and he was, like, reciting it back to her, and Paula just, like, grabs him and kisses him, and is like, it's so sexy when you listen to me. <laughs> like, I can relate to that. 
<laughs> I have felt that feel. And um, it's it's so sweet, like, when Paul and Scott, like, are... They reconnect. Yeah, nice. they start... He, like, lifts her up on the counter and stuff, and it's just, like, good for them, man. Like, hell yeah. Paul, finally, time. finally, Paula gets laid. <laughs> like, oh, Paula, so... Um, okay, so BFF pep talk happens. Like, Rebecca is, she feels a little lifted up. Like, she's ready to move forward a little Paula bit. Paula assures her... Well, she... In relation to just her own situation... <laughs> I do do love this moment where she was like, you know, there will there will be peaks and there will be valleys, and she's like, sometimes there will be long plateaus. Like my my kids are children. Don't touch me. (laughs) Like my kids are little. I don't want to be sexual right now. And like even (laughs) even though I'm like not a mom, I totally get that. Just as like an adult woman, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like I sometimes an adult woman as as an adult woman, I have a lot of shit going on, and I don't want to be touched. I can just, I can put myself in the mentality of, like, a, a mother whose children are small and just being, I don't know, like, I, I can, even though I'm not a parent, I can I can totally get that mindset. Anyway, um, but for all that I'm, like, a very, very sexual person, like, I get it. Um, and Paula says, you know, these valleys just make the peaks that much better. Yeah. And hugs her and she's like, I promise, like, we are going to fix this. Maybe not, I don't know if she uses the term fix this, but she's like, we will figure something out. Yeah. And it really is a good pep talk. Like, it's such a good mom pep. Yeah. So I I think that's pretty much it. That's the end of the episode. Well, there's one more little scene at the end. Yes. The tag. So we cut back to the judge who... It's Judge Spencer, and he's explaining to his boss why he ordered a police escort for Rebecca. Who... <laughs> the judge is like, so you're saying it was a textastrophe? <laughs> That's the one that stuck. God damn it. And so, so the judge is being ridiculous, and like, the, the, I guess his boss, a, another judge... I'm not Another a lawyer. Judge. I'm not a lawyer, y'all. A higher ranking judge. The, the boss judge. Yes, the judge boss. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. I know that Judge Spencer is one judge, and this other judge. Is it's his judge boss. A better judge. <laughs> it's a boss judge. Boss and judge. God, I am just. This is a very special episode of Buzz Emoticon. Like I am. It's been a hell of a day for. For Amazing movie. I'm enjoying this very much. Um, so I don't. Is this the first time that a character I think says it's the first time? Without giving too much away, this does become a bit of a running joke. But so the boss judge is like, "What is actually bothering you? Why are you acting so weird?" And Judge Spencer says, "I left my wife for a prostitute," and he like bites his knuckle, like like. I mean, I want to, like, make a sound effect, but, like, there kind of just isn't one. Just he bites his knuckle in the way that you and I, Tina... Again, this is another one of yes, our inside know. jokes. This is... Dramatically. How, how is this show made for us? Like, that's what I still don't understand. And we were so late to the game on it. It's really bananas. So late to the game. It is bananas how much this show is for us. It's so good. Yeah, like the little knuckle bite. I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's it. The dramatic knuckle bite. That's a thing. That's yet another thing that you and I have done for years. I love it. So I love a good tag. 
So that that's it. That's the episode. And uh, I'm looking at the at the recording right now. We're at like a minute twenty, like an, a minute, an hour twenty minutes, um, yeah, which good. which for us is phenomenal. Because um, I'll <laughs> I'll go ahead and and just again to put a little more of a timeline on this. I have not finished editing the previous episode yet. It is a fucking monster of a project. It's I, I've got at least another seven hours worth of work to do on episode 10 and I'm just I'm being like the worst right now I know the show's like super behind so to anyone who's actually like sticking with us on this thank you (laughs) I mean that like truly and sincerely like thank you for your patience and for bearing with us and for listening to our super long episodes and for being along for the ride like it's, it's very cool it's very cool that people are like paying attention to this and, um, oh, I don't even know if I told you about this, Tina. Ooh, it might be a spoiler. Okay, what? you don't even know. Here's the- <laughs> So the other day, like, like you know, it'll it'll be much distance past by the time anyone hears this. But, like, for us in real time, this was, like, two days ago, uh, Rachel Bloom released a, a deleted song. Um, oh, I saw it in my YouTube feed. I haven't watched it yet. Because the thing is, it takes place in season four. So I'm not okay, sure I'm if you should. That, yeah, that's what sucks is that it's like, it, it would probably have spoilers in it for you. But I'm going to um, not watch it. But when we get there, it'll be like, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait until we catch up with what you've seen. Because those episodes are going to be fucking magical. And I'm so excited. And it's going to be like probably a year from now or more. But um. Yeah. I am, if nothing else, very patient. <laughs> and I will, in regards to most aspects of my life, and I will wait and it will be glorious. So, um, I do want to talk about the no ice cream and bowls thing, though, because we mentioned it. Uh, like, we can't no not talk bowl. about it now. Like, okay, so what? Just let it hang. So, when Christina and I were roommates, um. This was, this was like 10 years ago. Yeah. One of us bought ice cream, and um, I don't even remember which of us started it, but we decided that it was going to be a house rule for us that you're only allowed to eat ice cream out of the container. You can't put it in. (laughs) So it was just, it was funny. I don't know why it stuck, but like Christina went over to her computer and in minutes... In, in Adobe <laughs> Illustrator made, like, signage. Like, it looked, like, legit, like... Very, I think very, I still have it. So I, I, have. I have it. It's in my living okay. room right now. I know exactly Good. where it is. Oh, thank you. Oh, my God. That's yeah, I, I don't throw anything away. So... <laughs> <laughs> you know this about me. We we told that an every archivist. T- we told that story. I like to think of myself as a historian. <laughs> Definitely not a hoarder. But fuck, fuck off! I'm not a hoarder. <laughs> I'm not that bad. I'm not a hoarder. I just I attach sentimental value to things that I shouldn't, and I'm getting a lot better about it these days. Nice. But good, good. I can't get rid of the no ice cream and bowl no, sign. It's, it's it's not even that big. Like it's just it's just a little eight by ten. <laughs> like just it it's just a bowl of ice cream with like an X through it. But it's like it's so professionally done. And then you framed it. <laughs> like we had we had a blank frame lying around, and you you went and made the image 
framed it and hung it on the wall all within the span of like half an hour of us inventing this inside joke. And it's it was like a team form. We established it. We needed to make sure everyone knew about it. Yeah, so that when people come over and have ice cream and we chastise them for putting it in bowls, we can point to the sign that's on the wall. That's very official looking. I and mean, I really feel like I have this memory that it came from like <laughs> uh we were like, why would you wash an ice cream? Like because we were both eating our separate flavors of ice cream too. Yeah, I think that we both went to the grocery store. And came home with our respective flavors of choice. And, um, and they were, guys, these weren't like Ben and Jerry's pints because that shit was expensive. These were like quarts of like briars. Yeah, like, or just like Food Lion brand, like knockoff yeah, briars. Like, yeah, because Food Lion was the closest thing to our apartment. Yeah, it was, it was like walking distance. So we, yeah. we made a lot of trips. I was, I was buying. Was like, uh, what, what was a Food Lion brand like? Uh, it's not, it's not, uh, rich food. It's something. No, it was, it was rich food, right? I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't remember. Anyway. I haven't honestly, like, like, I've been, two for five. I haven't had ice cream in so long. Like, y'all don't even I'm understand. Ice cream right after we get off this call. Y'all don't understand how good I've been eating these past couple months. Like, <laughs> I had, I had a cheeseburger, like, kind of recently, and it was, like, a religious experience. <laughs> Like, well, and 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 I'm discovering too that you know when you when something's a sometimes food, it, it tastes, tastes so much better. It's pretty great, actually. I've been yeah. I've been enjoying the experience of um, treating myself instead of treating myself all the time. <laughs> <laughs> An actual treat. Yeah. So so everything's coming up, Melanie. So I think I mean I I. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. <laughs> it's too late. I'm, no, I will. I'm going. I am. I will keep laughing. So unless you had any other business, I think. I think. Um. I think this was a nice little concise one of us. I'm almost. This was such an important episode. Like, did we miss something? Like, or did no, we just? Did we just stay uh, on topic? We just stayed on topic really well this time. Good. We didn't. We didn't divert. We Good. didn't take too many exits. Good for us. So it was. I think it was because it was such a meaty and emotional episode. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the the substance of the episode was enough on its own. Um, yeah. There were some tangents. It was, it was a good one. This was a good one. I'm 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 pleased with this. Pit stop. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, I believe that is all that we had to say. So um, I feel like I just thanked the audience, but you know what? Thank you again. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. This this has been a fun one. Um, I I promise I'll be in a better mood next time. I I think it, I, I kind of liked your mood. <laughs> I probably could have even not said anything, but I don't know. It's different enough to me that I I felt like making a comment. But um, I'm definitely ready to play some Minecraft. <laughs> I feel like I also because I made such a big deal out of like me playing it while depressed like this isn't some kind of like oh god she's playing minecraft again like (laughs) it's 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 not cause for concern and actually if anything um just to just to put my my nerdy self out there even more um because i haven't played in a while and because i was i mean legit depressed the last time i played like i never really fucked around with any of the complicated stuff you know like I, i built things but like i never messed around with redstone and yeah. um, now that now that my my brain's on right again, 
I, um, that's what's kind of sucked me back into Minecraft, is that, like, I started watching, like, some redstone videos, and I'm like, I could fucking do that. <laughs> so I have been, um, doing some engineering <laughs> and circuitry. Nice. And now nice. that I've now that I've got like my head wrapped around it, I'm just kind of like, <gasps> I can make anything. <laughs> anything. I made a self harvesting bamboo farm. I'm so proud of myself. This like, is like I'm about to after this, I'm going to get on some uh, Sturdy Valley with Jenna, and uh, you're playing Stardew Valley with someone who's not me. <laughs> I don't have it on my Switch yet. Bro. Oh, okay, that's right. Okay, okay. Jenna and I play on Steam. Okay. Very well. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, like, uh, I, I'm showing off my greenhouse, which is all um, self-sustaining fruit Ooh. and vegetables. Like, I never replant anything. I put a pot, I burn myself out on Stardew Valley. I'll go back to it. But, like, I definitely, um, I went way far down that rabbit hole for a while. So now, not, not that this is, like, any more productive, but, like, I've been in a Minecraft mood the past couple days. Um <laughs> Well, some some channels I like have been playing Minecraft. I got to watch uh, James Charles play Minecraft, so that was delightful. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. All right. Well, we've we've. Uh, there's no reason to make this episode longer than than, than it needs to be. <laughs> or you're gonna leave all that in. You're gonna leave our. our... Well, we haven't done a sign off yet. I'll, I'll, I'll cut a lot of this. I'll cut a lot of this shit out. But um. Anyway, thanks for listening, y'all, and we will catch y'all sexy asses next time. Yeah, bye.